to you. I'd like to welcome each one here this morning. It's been, um, yeah, good to see some back that have went through the bout with COVID the last few weeks. It's good to see you back and healthy. For our message this morning, I would like to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. In everything, give thanks. So I would like to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I won't, I think I'll just read three verses, but in the forepart of chapter 5, it talks about the end times and things that will happen the day of the Lord and Anyways, and encourage them to encourage each other and comfort each other with those words. But in verse uh, 17, Paul here is closing his letter, and he is encouraging us to rejoice evermore and to pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I thought of this when I was thinking of um, Joseph, which I want to talk a little bit about him. But this phrase really stuck out to me. There's two words that I would like to focus on, and that is evermore, which means always, and um, in everything, which is everything. Rejoice evermore would be to be cheerful at all times. You know, always is at all times, even in the good and even in the bad. Being cheerful. To pray without ceasing would be to be in a, in a state of prayer. Always, continually. Praying is uh, part of, of worshiping. It's part of taking my daily activities to God. And I don't necessarily think about it all the time, but, you know, when you're going about your life at work, you know, be it in a spirit of prayer, you know, thanking God if something good happens and thanking God if something bad happens. We don't do that, do we? Part of... um, And I think these are all intertwined. But uh, Paul here really encourages us to be and then to be thankful in all things. And he's asking us here as Christians. And and Paul would would have wrote these words in a with a life of what we would say, a life of not being pleasant, 
You know, we would probably say, well, God's against me. Every time I do anything, I get whipped for it, I get put in prison, and so on. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians, I'll just turn quickly to it. But Paul here is saying, he mentions several things about what he was in, you know, in stripes and imprisonments and so on. Then verse 10, he says, as sorrowful, and he had sorrow, but he says, always rejoicing. Oh, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. And I'm thinking, is that where I'm at as a Christian? So maybe I'm speaking to me. Maybe you have. Maybe you should come up and share the message. Look at, look at life around you. Am I in a state of, of rejoicing in every situation that comes to my life? Am I in a state of praying always? And am I thankful for everything? If you look at the um, plaque here this morning, it says in, how does it say? For these blessings we give thanks. I want to encourage us, and that's good. I like that. But I want to encourage us this morning to be thankful for those things that aren't so good. Those things that maybe cause our joy to leave us, or maybe to be sorrowful. But even in that times, Paul says, always sorrowful, but yet rejoicing. In 2 Corinthians, I want to read uh, several verses. Um, Paul didn't have an easy life. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to think maybe life would be easier. 2 Corinthians 11, 24 to 28. That life would be easier if, if we'd become a Christian. And life doesn't. And then we start thinking, well, life was better before I was a Christian. But Paul says, um, 18. Seeing that many, no, I got the wrong chapter. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four to 28. Okay. Other Jews, five times, received I forty stripes, or forty stripes save one. So, you know, Christ would have been, had forty stripes. But Paul says, five times I received thirty-nine stripes. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, 
painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So Paul did not have an easy life. But if we go to chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Therefore I take pleasure in these things. Why? How could Paul ever get to the point in his life to take pleasure in all these things that come into your life, came into his life? Why are we supposed to ever come to this point in life? Or how can we? You know, Paul says, um, in everything, give thanks. Why are we to do this? For this is the will of God. This is what God desires for us as Christians to be, to live our life, is to rejoice circumstances and things around us and to pray without ceasing pray for those that were might be working for at the time or maybe you hear a bad word or see someone cut you off on the road or something pray for them can I look at life's negatives and still have joy and If you want to be honest, you have a lot of negatives in your life. That's, I mean, I haven't talked to anybody that hasn't. We have sickness. We have injuries. We have fussy children. We have things break at home. We have death. We have bad relationships. We have people that might say things that aren't very nice to you. We have negatives, and that's part of our life. You know, if I look back in my life, there's been times that I have been really grateful for, and I'm thankful for that, but there's been times where I have not been grateful for because it's been difficult. But it's a choice that I have. And I think that's where Paul and Joseph came to that point where they, they had a choice to complain and to become bitter. But they looked at the life difficulties and their experiences as God working in their life, as God is in control of their life. So it's my choice. Are you going to allow that to steal your joy? Are you going to allow hurts to steal your relationship with other people? Are you going to allow hurts to destroy your relationship with God? It's your choice. It's my choice. And I can maybe encourage you, but yet you're the one who will have to decide whether you have joy in the situation. Life here is messy with sin, and we know it. It's, it was all the way back in the, New, in the Old Testament. But Jesus told in his prayer to God, don't take them, or I can say he's praying for us, 
that don't take us out of the world because we have a purpose here in this world to be the light of the world. And if we, but he says to keep us from evil. So we have the opportunity for us to, you know, we look around us and we can say that um, sin has ever been present. We, we, we know that. But that shouldn't discourage us in our Christian walk. But we should, in our response to our situations, is what brings people to the knowledge of God. It's not us, but it's our response. And the Holy Spirit is the one that brings people to Christ. And he, through us and through how we handle um, death, how we handle situations in our lives, people see that. It's kind of like what Kevin was saying in the devotional. Um, The witness for Christ sometimes is greater at the sacrifice of a, an individual. And Paul understood that, and he was willing to be that person to sacrifice for him. When Paul was beaten one of the times, and he was tied up in chains, and, and I got claustrophobic over that, thinking about it, because so often I time I get itchy, and I want to scratch, and to be hurting with stripes on your back and to be your hands and your feet chained and yet he was singing singing praises to God and I'm just thinking how can we as Christians how can I and how can you come to that point where we can look at life's difficulties and Rejoice. If we go to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it's a familiar verse, but it says, And we know that all things, and that's all things, whether it's good or whether it's bad, all things work together for good to them that love God, and to them they are called according to his purpose. So all things the difficult situations that are in life and the good in our life is the one who um, is given for a purpose. I see God not bringing evil upon you or upon us just for out of novelty. Like, whoa, he did this, I'm going to do this. I don't think God allows allows that, but I think God does allow the Spirit to work in us and through us and preparing us for what is coming ahead of us. And I was thinking, you know, even myself, you know, it seems like sometimes a, a hard lesson will come to you and you you can see it, but it seems like it came comes right back years later. And it's like, did I ever learn us to trust God through situations? Have I ever learned to bring my, my needs, needs to Christ? Because I've seen it. I've seen God work in the past, and it's been a blessing. But here I am, back not trusting in Him again. 
And I think that, um, yeah, the Holy Spirit is probably having a hard time with, with my skull. In thinking of, I've mentioned the Joseph, I'd like to go to Genesis 37 and talk a little bit about Joseph. I know Joseph was a type, but Joseph was like you and me. And Joseph had a lot of hurts in his life. You know, Joseph in 37 had dreams, and he uh, shared the dreams with his brothers of how they were to bow down to, or he was talking about the wheat stocks and so on, bowing down to him, and they thought maybe it was a um, them bowing down to him. And so anyways, there was this prayer in verse 18 of 37. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. So, um, well, verse 19, And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. So that's a clue right there, that they had a problem with Joseph, and that Joseph was coming from afar off, and he had exposed some of the things they'd done earlier on, and went back and told their father. And anyways, they they were bitter against Joseph. And they came now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him. And we shall see what he will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of the hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that, in the, that is in the wilderness, and lay no hands upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brethren, and that they stripped him, Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. They took him, cast him into the pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And jo- Judah said unto his brother, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come. Let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let us not our hands be upon him, for he is our brother in our flesh, and the brethren were content. Then there passed by the Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew, lifted Joseph out of the pit, sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph unto Egypt. And then when Reuben returned, found him missing. And I don't know if Reuben ever knew what, what happened. Could have, but it doesn't say here that he did. But it's the whole idea. What was going through 
my mind when my brothers would put me in the pit? How would I respond? How would you respond? I know how I'd respond. But Joseph had, and, and it hurt Joseph, I'm sure it did. There, I, was, I came across something that shared with grief Joseph had toward his brother, but then I couldn't find the verse when I was doing my message yesterday. But Joseph was sold then to Potiphar, and then Joseph was put in, in um, place, and he was put in, in a top position in Potiphar's, in the Pharaoh's house. And then Joseph was put in prison, and he was in prison for several, several years. Did it affect Joseph at all? It appears that it didn't. It appears to me that Joseph rejoiced evermore. It appears to me that Joseph prayed without ceasing. And it appears to me that Joseph was thankful in all things. How can, how can you get there? How can I get to the point in my life where I am rejoicing at all times and thankful for everything? But Joseph knew his God. And I think that middle of those three verses is a key. Pray without ceasing is going to help you to rejoice and to be thankful. Joseph kept his focus on God, and God seemed to bless him. And then he would be hurt. God would bless him again, and he would be hurt or not hurt, but put into a position where a lot of people would become bitter. But let's go to Genesis 45 and verse 5. This is after Joseph was revealed, um, revealed himself to his brothers anyways. Joseph knew that they were his brothers. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Then in verse 50, 19 to 20, I mean, just, just Joseph's spirit is so encouraging. Genesis 15, 19 to 20 says... And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, because the brothers had thought that after their dad had died, Joseph was going to have him killed. But Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? So is it my responsibility to get revenge for everything that people have done for me in my life? I look past the 
30, 40 years of my life, is it my responsibility to get revenge for those who hurt, hurt me? Joseph said, am I in the place of God? Is it my responsibility? No. But he says, but as for you, ye thought evil. But God meant it for good. You know, Joseph seen the finish. He seen why he went through all these trials. And I think that maybe that would help us if we could see the finish line. You know, look at, look at the situations in your life and realize don't focus on that so much, but focus on what's ahead. You know, when you have a dirty house and fussy children and things break at work and so on, don't, don't focus on that, but focus on a life hereafter when the children will be able to call you blessed, when the children will be able to come to you for advice, when the children will be able to come to you for comfort, and even maybe later in life to take care of you. Look at that, but not just that, but look beyond. And that's a life of forever with Christ, a life of outside all the sin, a life of all, outside all the sickness, outside all the, the trials that come to my life. Think on those things, and that's what Joseph was doing. He was thinking on how God used this to prepare for this, to save life. And I think God is trying to prepare us, but sometimes we reject it because of, of bitter feelings that come our way. And not only Joseph, but Paul, too. One, another way we can come to that point of rejoicing and to be like Paul, to be able to sing like he did in prison and to rejoice evermore when he's, when he's been suffering so much is, well, he did say in um, I think it's Philippians. He did say rejoice evermore, but he also said um, to take each thought into captivity. And I think that's what Paul would do is when he was thinking bad things, he would think of good things. And I think that is so good. And I wish we could do that more as a congregation. And maybe I should be more open. You know, I can tell you of the good things that happened to me this past year. And you'll give the opportunity, probably Wednesday, to be able to share that, of how God bless you. But maybe I would encourage you to share how God has taught you last year, what he has taught you, how he has um, helped you through whatever trial that you face in your life. But so often we, we don't. 
We don't focus on that. But yeah, it's those things that prepare me to meet Christ in the air or after death. It's those things that prepare me for that. Than those things that he has blessed me with. Because it's those things that has taught me to call out for God. It's those things in life that has caused me to rejoice because God is God. And I've seen him work through that. And then I can be thankful for all things.